We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. <laughs> this is a house of learning doctors. Follow The Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to The Uncontested what is up welcome to the uncontested podcast we are a part of the blue wire podcast network coming to you live wednesday night july 21st on the spotify green room app you are joining us tonight on the app man thanks so much for jumping on we appreciate all of you guys you don't have the green room app yet man you need to go download that thing and join us because we have a blast on these every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you listen to the podcast version, thank you so much for downloading The Uncontested. Please go drop a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I've got Taylor Peterson with me tonight. S-E-C. 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 <laughs> We've got Kami Armoravian eating a sandwich. I have finished my sandwich, uh, but I've got great news. Would you guys like to hear my great news? I would. Okay, so always Taylor wants to. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I have I have recently gotten myself back into the world of Pokemon Go, I, I never, and many some people are. We've known this. We've known this for are, a couple. Are, are, or Jake are, and I are in the know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Today I caught my first Mewtwo, and guys, oh. I don't think. I don't think I can explain the gravity of that situation. <laughs> I was I was just sending random letters in all caps to some of my friends. I was very excited. Was it our peak today? It's more, a great more day ex- to be alive. It's catching, down downhill from here. Catching a Mewtwo today on Pokemon Go more or less significant than catching Mewtwo uh, on Red or Blue back in the day. More because he will use all of your Pokeballs and he will he will use all of like your little berries you can feed him to like make them feel better about catching them. And then he'll like he'll eat all your berries, all the balls, and then leave. So like <laughs> I I tried to catch this dude like seven times the last like four days. 
Very good. We've got Nick Crane joining us for a short time. He's here for a good time, not a long time. I thought I was joining a basketball podcast, but where are we? <laughs> we talked about OU football, SEC. We talked about a little bit about everything, yeah. And then starting the pod tonight with us, he also here for a good time, not a long time. We have the co-host of the Light Years podcast, one of our uh, Blue Wire podcast fam. He covers the Golden State Warriors. Sam Esfandiari is with us. Sam, what's going on, dude? What's up, Jacob? How you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for jumping on with us, Sam. We're excited yeah. Yeah. as getting uh, somebody who covers the team that has the pick right behind the OKC Thunder. Uh, I feel like you hold all the cards. By the way, I'm just um, – give me one second. I'm making sure. I don't have background noise, right? No, you sound no, good you to us. No background noise. Okay. Okay, okay Sam, I don't know if you guys are yeah, – you guys probably run into this also, but we're uh, – I mean, as much as we love Green Room, we miss the locker room feature of being able to go onto the desktop and being able to use our podcast equipment. I had so uh, many issues with desktop um, dropping our recordings that – um, I'm actually okay with this. Um, that's fair. <laughs> all, all, all in all, it, it's like, it's like, uh, an upgrade, uh, shout out Spotify and whatnot, but, uh, yes. you know, I'd, I'd like to get to a day where I can just go full desktop, use my mic setup. I'm sure you guys, you guys uh, agree. Agree. 100%. So, well, gentlemen, let's jump right into it. We are currently eight days away from the NBA draft. Actually, I think, uh, eight days uh, to the hour from right now, we will be in the middle of the second round of the draft. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the day after the finals have ended, so the NBA draft scuttle should start to pick up even more on these eight days moving forward. So we got some of that today with uh, Sam Vicini of The Athletic dropping an encyclopedia today of his 2021 NBA draft guide. Also dropped a mock draft, which we'll talk about and then friend of the pod and another Blue Wire podcast member, um, Jonathan Wasserman of Blue uh, – not Blue Wire. He's, he is from Blue Wire. He's also from Bleacher Reports. Bleacher uh, Reports, dro- yep. Yeah, dropped his mock draft today as well. Uh, since we have Sam on the pod, we got to talk about the Thunder and the Golden State Warriors. And I want to start with Sam Vecini's uh, mock draft, which has Oklahoma City taking Jonathan Kaminga at six. And then has the Golden State Warrior, Sam, taking James Booknight at seven. However, in the write-up about the Thunder pick at six, Vicini very much talks about how, um, what, what is it? The Thunder are notoriously secretive, but the name that has come up the most as a potential party crasher in the top six is James Booknight. You jump over to Wasserman's mock draft. He actually has Booknight going sixth to Oklahoma City, and then the Warriors taking Moody Moses Moody of Arkansas at seven. Sam, you have some thoughts on this, I know, about smoke screens, and maybe the Warriors are interested in Booknight at seven, and the Thunder are are trying to uh, to set so a I trap really, here. So I really do think six and seven is going to be James Booknight and Jonathan Kuminga in some order, and I think the Warriors specifically are trying to downplay their interests. Um, You keep hearing about Davion Mitchell to the Warriors. I just have such a hard time seeing them draft a six foot guard. Who's 23 years old at number seven, when they have Steph Curry on the roster, when the team 
pretty much since Joe Lacob took over, um, they've always kind of put an impediment on, or just kind of an impetus on length and positional size, almost to a uh, detriment at times. Like, uh, you know, like they didn't think Draymond was going to be as good as he was. Draymond just played so well and made himself so invaluable. They went against their principles, but like you watch every move the Warriors made in the last decade, it's always been about like trying to get size and length at every position. So I don't buy that. I also think if we are to assume, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs go four or five, and then obviously Cade, uh, uh, Evan Mobley and Jalen Green go in the top three, uh, Kuminga and James Booknight have the highest home run potential as prospects. Like they both have all-star upside. They both also could end up being, you know, they, they also have high bust upside, which is a reason they're not, uh, you know, in the, in the conversation for the top three with the guys we mentioned. But I truly believe those two are going to be the guys who go six, seven and, the Warriors, I think, are trying to smoke screen because Orlando picks after them. Uh, and they don't want Orlando th- – or they want Orlando thinking maybe Booknight will fall so they don't get aggressive doing a move or something like that. And uh, OKC just in general is as close. That's fair. But, uh, Sam, something else to do with Cam, this pick shout is – Cam Thomas. I'll give you that. And Cam yeah, Thomas and... is going to put up a <laughs> lot of points in the NBA. There's, he is going to put up a lot of points. I mean, we should get Ant up here because I yeah. Cam Thomas is what six three maybe something like that. Um, I he's literally going to fall because he's an inch shorter than what people want for a shooting guard. He's 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 six four the same way I'm six three. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like I'm thinking of like Sam Vecini. Um I know Kevin O'Connor's really high, really high on Cam, but there's a lot of concerns I think about his decision making. Um obviously very much a score first kind of guard kind of player. Um honestly a wing. <laughs> if we're being completely I think he can play any of the above. But I know that's a that's been a concern for a lot of scouts and uh decision makers and, and at least what's being relayed to us, I think, from um from some of these guys like Sam and others, but I'm with you. The scoring potential is there with, with Cam, a guy like Cam Thomas. Um, I wouldn't be surprised just like our guy, Ant said to see him go top 10, uh, much higher than a lot of people have him mocked currently. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny how some players who are scorers get labeled as having potential to be more all around players. Like, the, the popular thing everyone says about James Booknight is his team was awful. Put yeah. him put him on – you know, it's the same thing you heard about uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Grant Anthony Edwards is a much higher-level prospect. But it's like, you know, that Georgia team sucked. He kind of had to gun. He took a ton of bad shots. His three-point percentage – all his percentages went down because of that. James Booknight had a similar role at UConn where it was like no spacing – not a lot of playmaking. No one else could really get their own shot. So kind of everything ran through him. Uh, so some players get the benefit of the doubt. Meanwhile, like Cam Thomas, it's there's just there's just always skepticism. It's like, well, he's gonna be able to score the ball, but what else will he do in the NBA? Right? Like it's funny how that um juxtaposition goes both ways. But hey, that's the way it goes. Someone's gonna get a steal with Cam Thomas. I think you think he's gonna go top ten. I think 
I'm thinking teens. I think someone's going to end yeah. up getting him somewhere in the, let's just say 12 to 17 range, something like that. And uh, about a month into the NBA season, everyone's going to wonder why he didn't go higher. Sam, so I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned that you, you feel like pretty, pretty firmly, and it's looking like this is kind of consensus, uh, book night, Kaminga at 6-7, whichever order you want to put those two in. Let's say the Thunder do take book night at 6 how do you feel and how do Warriors fans feel about the possibility of bringing in Jonathan Kaminga to a, to a team that very clearly wants to win now? So I think the Warriors are going to posture in every possible direction because they're sitting in this, um, this weird place where, you know, like Steph Curry had an MVP caliber individual season, but the team roster was obviously not very good. They want to see if they can kind of make one more run at it before Steph, Clay, and Draymond kind of, you know, inevitably age and decline. Um, but everyone knows that. So they're, they don't want to be trading picks or pro they, they don't want to have to overpay in a trade is basically what it's coming down to. So, I think they're going to end up taking Kuminga. If Kuminga fell, I think they would have to take him because they would view him as the highest upside asset. For better or worse, even though someone like Davion Mitchell or Moses Moody or, um, you know, we can go down the list. Those guys are going to help the Warriors more in 2021-22 just because they're more ready to play in the NBA than Jonathan Kuminga is. I just can't see the Warriors giving up on a guy that the league perceives as having star upside for trade potential, even if it's kind of like the worst case scenario for them. If they definitely so, and, and you, Sam, it's like you've podcast before yeah. or something. Uh, <laughs> you set me up with a with a perfect segue there. All, all the all the rumors. Uh, all, everyone wants to talk about the Warriors trading out of this draft using seven and 14 to go get an established player uh, to bring in to, like you mentioned, give it one more run with the, with the Draymond, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson trio. Um, Obviously we don't know what will happen, but give us kind of your educated guess on, on what you see happening on draft night. Do you think they stay put at both of those picks uh, if they were to trade both of those picks, what do you see them trading both of those picks for, et cetera, et cetera? So I do think they'll stay put because I don't think a trade is going to come to fruition on draft night for them. Um, and one thing you know about the Warriors organization, and particularly their ownership, um, Joe Lacob is is a pretty brash guy. He's He's somewhat flashy. He's not going to be the guy who trades – the seventh pick for a sixth man who's going to increase their win total by one to two games. Like he's not going to be the guy who trades a lottery pick for a role player. He wants he wants to make the big time flashy trade. Like I'm talking I was about like, say flashy. Yeah. 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 Like Bradley Beal is a name you hear a lot because we kind of assume the, the wizard situations coming to an end, for example. Right. Um, something like that. And so Especially with that, those Russ reports earlier today. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so my point is I don't think any of that stuff's happening on draft night. So I think the Warriors are going to do this thing where they draft prospects who they think will have the most trade value for when the next name comes available. There is a secondary factor to 
I don't know how much this got picked up nationally, but the Warriors fired most of their development staff. They made a lot of flashy hires. Like they bring in Kenny Atkinson. um, They get uh, Mielovic. The guy from Toronto. Yeah, they get a guy from Toronto. Mielovic was the guy who's credited with developing Jokic in Serbia, and he was kind of the most sought-after development coach in Europe. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but let's just say the hires they made are not cheap for assistant coaches. So they definitely they, they, they definitely felt like, you know, they didn't do a good enough job developing James Wiseman, for example, right? They didn't do a good enough job developing, let's say, even Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole really kind of developed on his own and in the G League with private coaches and in the G League. It's not like Steve Kerr's staff did a lot to – help him out. Uh, he came on at the end of the year there. It was clearly a weakness for them. So I think they clearly looked at themselves and they're like, look, man, if we, we're not going to take a less talented player because we don't know how to talent develop raw talent. Like what we should do is hire coaches who know how to take an incredibly talented player who may be raw and actually groom them. So I think it works two ways for the Warriors, whether it's like, all right, man, Kuminga may not be a guy who contributes to winning for two years, but he has a chance to be an all-star two-way wing. We want that. Or, you know, what's what's going to get, like, the Wizards more excited in a trade package? A bunch of guys with all-star upside or, like, Chris Duarte, the 24-year-old role player? Right. That, that makes a lot a really of sense. Good, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of making the pick. Um in order to use that, you know, use that player as an asset, uh, rather than just trading to pick it, you know, b- before uh, the the player selected, that's that's a really good point as well. Um, but Sam, one thing I think this is kind of a, a good transition here, and Jake, you might have this on your list, and if you do, I apologize. But when we were talking with Sam on Twitter, uh, Jacob, Sam, and I, you know, we it really, I think this conversation kind of got brought up because of the book night rumors with OKC. Um, Sam, you, you know, you've talked about this. Obviously, we all know this around the league that the Warriors are a team who kind of like throwing out a bunch of different um, rumors at once or a, a bunch of different tidbits at once kind of to uh, throw other teams off, uh, throw other scouts off, whatever it may be. Um, while the Thunder are kind of the opposite. They keep everything very, very close to the vest, very, very tight knit um, franchise. But there's these rumors coming out this week about James Booknight. Um, being linked to OKC, how much they like James Booknight, which is very unlike the Thunder, although we saw this kind of happen last year as well with Alexei Pokushevsky and um, and Poku's link with OKC. So my question for you is, you know, we were talking about Smokescreen and when, when we were on Twitter um, here a couple nights ago, do you think this is Smokescreen from the Thunder, knowing that maybe the Warriors or even the Magic at pick number eight really like Booknight? Um or maybe the Thunder just really do like Book Knight as well, a combination of both. What it's, are your it's, on that? it's possible, but you, you have to tell me what's in it for the Thunder to smokescreen Book Knight because I would think the Thunder want to trade up if possible, not like trade down and accumulate even more picks. Like, I just don't see the, the logic in the Thunder smokescreening uh, in that direction. Like, you, like, unless they're trying to get someone. It, you smokescreen if you want to either throw someone off um, or because you think you can get someone at a later pick. Like the Orlando 
the Orlando Magic would make all the sense of the world to like throw up a smoke screen about someone so they could potentially get them an eight. Or um, you throw up that smoke screen because you, you want someone to offer you a trade package. What would the Thunder right. want trade-wise? Because like, it seems to me like the Thunder, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but if they could, they'd like to move up and get one of those um, higher-end prospects. Let's, let's say, like, like obviously, like Cade Cunningham or, like, Jalen Green or so. Like, I don't see a path to it, but, like, it seems to me like they'd be more interested in that than trying to get someone to trade an established player or future. I think that's fair. You know, uh, I've been thinking about that as well. Like, if the Thunder are trying to smokescreen, uh, trying to get the Warriors to think, oh, the Thunder are going to take Book Night before we can get him – but like you mentioned, Sam, for the Thunder to trade back from six to seven and pick up like an extra asset, we've been talking about it on our podcast for months now. At some point, you have to consolidate those assets just because you cannot possibly ever use all of them. And so, yeah. I mean, yes, you could still pick up an asset, but at the end of the day, like, how much farther are you pushing things forward? You know, and, and when are you going to consolidate? Like, you're you what? you have a, a a window, right? And, and you can only do so much within that window. You can't keep kicking the so can down you down, so down the street forever. Spots too, you can't like right. bring in six rookies on the roster every year. Like you're running out of spots. And there's so, there's reports exactly. out there that season would bring in three rookies. Um, I think it's very likely he consolidates picks, and we only end up with I say only only end up with two rookies out of this first right. round, which is perfectly fine. I just uh, I'm super intrigued by this book night news. You know, for starters, KOC I think was Kevin O'Connor was the first to uh, maybe put it out there, uh, and we've seen it quite a bit since then. Uh, KOC also around this time last year linked. Like I said earlier, uh, OKC with Poku, so there definitely could be some legs with that. But I, I mean, like, I also I, think about like Kaminga, right? Like maybe the Thunder do like Kaminga. They just want to make sure. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really well, I will say, I will say this. I guess I just did think about it. If they really like Kuminga, there is logic in telling people you don't like him because they're worried Trading that bag, maybe no, no, getting no, an asset. Because you're worried that Orlando or Toronto before you will take him. Like, if, if Sam yeah. Presti, the GM who was in the bubble more than anyone, the G League bubble, right, is like, man, I really didn't like Kuminga. He looked really immature, blah, blah, blah. You know, like all sorts of like, you know, negative connotation stuff. People who are picking in front of the Thunder could be like, man, Presti doesn't miss a lot. If he doesn't like him, what are we not seeing? You know, like that sort of thing. So that's the only way I could see like the book night thing being a smoke screen because you're afraid Toronto or Orlando is going to take Kuminga. So you're starting like some BS rumor about Kuminga being like or, an immature bad kid or something like that. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I think you're on the right track. The thing I see just to take it a step further, because I'm sorry, Sam, I know you have to go here soon, but um, say, you know that the war that you being Sam Presti knows knows that the Warriors or like I said that the Magic at pick eight really like and value Book Knight. You say you're going to take Book Knight when secretly, like you said, Sam, you really value Kaminga, so you can trade back, get an additional asset, and still right. Yeah, and and the last thing I'll say is. I go back and forth on this, but like Book Knight is really talented. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> he, it comes, it comes. First off, I feel very confident he can shoot the ball. 
Like, I don't, I don't care that he shot 29% from three in 15 college games on a bad team, <laughs> primarily after he, like, messed up his elbow, even though it was a non-shooting hand. You know, like, that stuff doesn't bother me. Uh, the real question is if you think he can pass the ball. Because, like, if he can pass the ball, I think he can be a pretty special player. If he's just tunnel vision to the rim 24-7 – he's going to end up being like uh, a Jordan Clarkson, like, you know, just instant offense guy off the bench. So I could see, like, I do see the, uh, the allure of him because like, you don't find a lot of six, five guys who can finish at the rim the way he does like body control uh, over. It's not even like finishing over guys. It's like the angles, uh, ability to shoot it from everywhere on the floor, ability to create your own shot from anywhere on the floor. Like he's very gifted in that regard. It just comes down to whether you think he can read the floor and like, you know, make passes when the double team comes. Right. Or he's going to be the guy who like balls in my hand. I'm getting the shot off. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. I think that's a perfect analysis of book nine. I also, um, I worry about him a little bit defensively at the NBA level. Um, he's a pretty solid defender, especially on ball when he's engaged. But he certainly likes to take some possessions off and also is a little bit of a gambler. Um, well, and Russell Westbrook's my favorite player, so that, you know, not always, yeah. <laughs> isn't always a bad thing. He's, I mean, he's skinny, but I also view being skinny as, like, a positive. Like, he's going to get stronger. You can't, yeah. like, you can put on, you can put on muscle and get stronger. If someone's slow, like, I, there's only so many drills you can do to increase your athleticism. It's probably not coming around. Like, it's always it's always better to draft the guy who maybe hasn't physically filled out their body, uh, which I would say is honestly Kuminga's biggest, or sorry, uh, book Knight's biggest issue. And I watch him on defense. It's like, he's, he's really. Well, Sam, the thunder have a, uh, now a track record of dra- drafting guys who haven't filled out their body quite well yet. Do you, uh, I mean, and, do you have, in one, have Alexei Pokashevsky. Do you, do you guys have anyone over 25 on the roster? There's there's oh. there's a couple guys over twenty five. I don't know Walker. how. <laughs> yeah, yeah <they're>, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much longer they'll they'll be on the roster. <laughs> so, um, uh, awesome. Well, Sam, I know we got to let you go. So, thank you so much for joining us, Sam. Everybody, uh, Sam is on the Green Room app all the time as well, and check out his podcast, uh, the Light Years Pod. They do great work over there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. 
but you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So, Taylor Comier, now that we've got kind of some outside perspective, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into these mocks and, and talk about some of these rumors and whatnot. And get How your guys' uh, as deep as we can get, man. Uh, like, deep. like, so like, like a hundred feet under the ocean. Yes. 100%. 100%. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. Call me our, what are your thoughts on the whole James book night thing? Like, do you think this is just like a legit uh, last year, as, as Taylor's mentioned last year, we started getting a lot of Poku OKC information about at this time of the draft process as well, I think maybe a little different context. I don't know how many teams were over there scouting and talking to Poku. So it's probably pretty easy to draw connections whenever OKC was was chatting with him and, and going over to watch him all the time when maybe not all other 30 teams were. But there's a lot of love for Book Knight in the top 10 at this point. Do you think this is like a legit thing? Is are we getting a basically a leaked pick here that the Thunder are going to take Book Knight, or is there more going on here? Uh, it sounds, man, like because I know that like we think of Thunder Twitter and Thunder uh, PR and the Thunder in general are so secretive that they they've always been, except like you said last year, and then suddenly they started putting out a lot more stuff like socially and actually making jokes on the account. It's really strange. But, and to, and to me, like Presty, he's not even going after you know, raw athletic dudes that they can help develop some skills. They're going after skilled guys that they can help just develop and fill out. Um, and so I think it, I think it's interesting, but I think I think OKC is if they're clearly tied to it's not just Book Knight, they're tied to Scotty Barnes. Like oh, they prefer Scotty Barnes, but Book Knight. But a lot of people think he's going to go to Orlando. Um, so I, I don't think it's a smokescreen. I think OKC is likely to take uh, James Book Knight, and he's going to be a what is that sound? That was my that was my chair. You stop! Stop moving! Yeah, I know. I need to. <laughs> uh, that was. I need to get some WD forty on this thing. Some good old Panther yeah, piss. Yeah, like uh, Hank Hill had a can of a tiny can of WD forty because his larger can of WD forty was bull. Yeah, solid. But uh, yeah, I I like James Book. I have nothing against him. I like I so much love Jonathan Kaminga, but. What yeah. um, what uh, Sam just said, like really convinced me, man. You should you should not really think about that because Sam Presti was in the G League, the most out of anybody 
Mm-hmm. And if he saw something he didn't like, then like I've got to trust that because I trust Sam Presti. Therefore, I trust his evaluation on Jonathan Kaminga's maybe not necessarily game, but maturity and willfulness to go to the game and instead of like a James Moody or a, or James Booknight. Moses, yeah. excuse me. Moses, yeah. <clears throat> Mixing the two prospects there. Yeah. Hey, one, yeah. one interesting thing I want to ask both of you about. Uh, so Taylor mentioned Kevin O'Connor was kind of the first one with this um, – this James Book Knight OKC number six kind of scuttle that came out. Uh, since then, we've seen both Sam Vicini from The Athletic and Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report both mention that as well. Uh, like I said, Wasserman has OKC taking Book Knight at six. Yep. But here is an interesting tidbit from Wasserman that I kind of want to get both of your guys' uh, perspective on. Um, where does it, where is it here? Quote, rival teams believe that book Knight may be the favorite for Oklahoma city thunder at number six. If Scotty Barnes is gone. So two little interesting things there. Number one, that fact, if Scotty Barnes is gone, suggesting that the thunder prefers Scotty. And then the second part that this information is coming from rival teams. Is there anything that, that we can glean or start to assume from it being I from rival so. teams and not from scouts and not so. from players and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, shout out my guy Wasserman, but Sam Bassini of The Athletic also dropped um, his mock draft today as well as his 141-page basically PDF um, draft guy, which is just absolutely phenomenal. I've been it through like three players, and it took me like an hour. Uh, it's, ins- it's absolutely insane. It's great. Um, with that being said, Gusini mentions, you know, obviously the Thunder are notoriously secretive. Also, don't forget Sam Presti is one of the most active general managers on the trade market. And, um, you know, just kind of goes into the uncertainty that is Jonathan Kaminga. But um, the the other thing that was interesting, the other tip that I picked up from Gusini's mock draft that he has, sources certainly believe the Raptors are indeed considering Scotty Barnes in addition to the consensus top four names. Additionally, this pick is thought to be available for the right price in a trade down scenario. So to your point, Jacob, like I, I think Presley's going to be very aggressive. I mean, obviously we had a podcast here a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. The weeks are kind of starting to uh, run together here <laughs> up, up until the draft. But when we, uh, ESPN came out with, I think it was Gavoni who had the uh, report about OKC um, obviously being, uh, in, I don't know if engaged the right word, but had made, um, contact with Detroit and uh, former assistant GM Troy Weaver about potentially putting together a trade package for the first overall pick. So I think there's it, it, just everything I read, even Zach Harper of The Athletic, there's just a lot of talk about, but it's Sam Presti and you never know. And he's always aggressive and trying to trade. So they might be focused on book night now. But that, again, like we, we talked about smokescreen earlier with Sam, this could all be some smokescreen for the Thunder to try and trade up, um, as you just mentioned. For sure. Kamiar, do you have any thoughts on the fact that Wasserman mentioned that it's rival teams giving out this information and not uh, some some other sort of source? Not particularly. I mean, who are, who are the rival teams? That's what I want to know, first of all. 
I think uh, it's probably just any – he just means other teams besides the Thunder is my assumption. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty lame. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know you know what I mean? Like, why would you say rival teams? Then? Whatever. Uh, no, not not particularly. Uh, I don't – it's just like hearsay, and I don't know. I don't really know what to expect because the Thunder have been more – I guess, open with their business and people obviously are reporting things by OKC a little bit more, like way often, way more often. And so like, I don't even know what to expect anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and Taylor just touched on it, but uh, Vicini mentioned that OKC will be aggressive uh, in his mock at the end of it. It says, quote, there's a real chance this pick adjusts with more information. Uh, meaning like he's not fully bought in. And, and again, Vicini has the Thunder taking Kaminga here. But very interesting, especially that tidbit about this is the first time, Taylor, for that that Toronto little piece of news that we've heard anything about one of those top four teams possibly looking to trade down instead of trade up. You know, we At least about, since very early in the in the process. Yeah, um, we, you know, we've we, heard about Houston wanting to trade up. We've heard about Cleveland wanting to trade up. We haven't right. heard much about anybody wanting to move down. And um, Royce Young on a podcast recently uh, mentioned, he said, you know, don't aggregate. So nobody in our podcast aggregate this either. Uh, he's not sourcing anything, <laughs> but said that, you know, Toronto at four does look like a place where the Thunder may be able to to make a trade to move up. Now, an interesting thing in, uh, was, was that I think Vicini's mock um, says that the Orlando Magic at five are interested, uh, very interested in Jalen Suggs. And so there looks to be a, a pretty seamless swap there, four for five. But could the right. Thunder out, outbid Orlando to trade up to four, right? And I, I've thrown out they on have this the podcast. They have to do it. Yeah, I've thrown out on this podcast multiple times. You know, I think it would be something like a – uh, pick six, maybe that that next year, 2022 Clippers pick and Dort or something like that. Uh, but at, at that point, you'd ha- be, be trying to outbid Orlando. But I think that's still probably pretty good value for Toronto at pick number four. Um, <laughs> Hell it's yeah. interesting, they're though. We- Lou Dort and all those picks, too. I mean, they're basically basically they're selecting Lou Dort and getting a bunch of uh, additional assets. Um at, for trading down to whatever pick number six, and they also get to pick whoever's left there, um, Kaminga, whoever else they want, um, to add to whatever they potentially will get for Kyle Lowry if he does indeed decide to look for agency. I mean, I, I, there's no way that the Magic can compete with that unless you're willing to throw in, like, I mean, basically it's, it has to be Isaac, I think. Um, Fultz can't compare to that. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, well, I mean I, the, yeah. Orlando could offer a similar package in a future pick, and instead of dropping two spots, you get to drop one spot and and take yeah. you know whoever. And I mean, they could throw in a, a, an R.J. Hampton, a Cole Anthony, uh, uh, whoever, right? And, and so I think that's probably similar value, especially not having to drop to six, only having to drop to five for Toronto. True. So it's going to be fascinating. But this is the first time we've seen really uh, a crack in the armor here of that top four, a place where a team could sneak in and and maybe trade into that top four. And I think Presti, we, we've said it a million times, right? Like there's not enough roster spots. They're not going to worry about, 
you know, oh, what's going to happen to Isaiah Roby or whatever. But at some point, you have to consolidate assets. This might be the place to do it. You know, maybe it's 6, 16, and 18 to get to four. Uh, that's something, you know, multiple bites at the apple in this draft that Orlando cannot match with Oklahoma City in trade. Now, Orlando could throw out five and eight for four, which I think is a little crazy. Am I wrong? Five and eight for four? I imagine that would be like a similar situation that OKC is in, right? Like, right. It's kind of tough giving up 6, 16, and 18, knowing that you could have multiple dudes because as we know, I mean, we said about what? 40% of all stars and yada, yada, yada are in, are picked in the top like 14. But that means the other 60% are in the field. And so I think about the, that pick of 16 and 18 and what you could do with that. And then same for, for Orlando. Heck, they're at what? Five and eight, five and nine. Orlando's and so, five and eight. Yeah. So the same for them, except they're in the top 10. They're in the beginning of the lottery. And so I don't know if Orlando would do that. I think OKC would be more willing to, knowing that, hey, let's move up to four and get a guy we really, really like, whereas Orlando has plenty of young, promising prospects. Why not add two more? Or why not add, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they they would package them up, but I don't know if they want to do that. Yeah. No, it's it's fascinating, man. There's There's just so many avenues they can go um so many things they can do i'll tell you one thing is uh, and i mentioned it a little bit ago whenever sam was on with us but now that the nba finals are over everyone's attention is going to turn to the draft which is a week away you know we're going to get more mock drafts and more articles of information Uh, i mean espn hasn't yeah espn hasn't dropped a mock since uh lottery night we, we've got one coming there. We know that Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Gavoni are going to get on a podcast with Woj. Uh, there's going to be a ton of information in there. We're not going to know what's going to happen until draft night. Um, but even Sam Vecini mentioned that the the talk a, a, between teams about trades is really, that. Yep. really high right now. He said higher than it was last year. And he feels like the top half of the first round is going to be very active as far as trades are concerned. Will it Speaking be higher pretty- than Mitch McGarry? <laughs> I, I don't know if you can achieve that that's, level. That's pretty high. That is, uh, yeah, that's that's very hard to uh, very hard to achieve. So, um, guys, any more draft thoughts? We've kind of gone through. I, I did want to mention Sam Vecini along with. Thunder taking Kaminga at six, had them taking Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, the big man at 16, and Jared Butler out of Baylor at 18. Uh, Wasserman had the Thunder taking Alperin Shangoon at 16, which feels really low. I think that'd be a good value. Uh, and Jalen Johnson out of Duke at 18. Um, so so some interesting picks there. Any Any more thoughts on Thunder draft stuff as we get a little more information today? I I don't know. I, I mean, Sam did mention, um, again, in that mock draft, how uh, you mentioned Jackson, that um, uh, people he's talked to do link Jackson to OKC. Um, he also mentioned Kai Jones, another name there, mainly because a lot of people expect Pressy to 
uh, use at least one of these draft picks on a center. And so um, you take the highest value at number six if you can't trade up. Um, and then with whatever other pick you have, trying to take a center to fill that center position, um, most likely a versatile center, as we've talked about here on the podcast previously. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Again, um, I I mean, I, I've talked about this a lot also on our podcast, how, like, is it really worth, worth you know, after pick seven um, to consolidate picks to trade up because there's so much uncertainty with the talent of some of these players that you could end up getting, you know, two fantastic players or um, one fantastic player and another role player, whatever it may be, at pick 16 and 18 compared to just packaging both of those up and trading up for a guy like, let's just throw up Jalen Johnson, for example, if you think he's going to go ahead of time. Dogs are being crazy. Um, you know, are they eating each him, other? He's a miss. No, somebody's uh, they're looking out the window, and they can see the neighbor coming home. <laughs> go yell at the neighbor. Anyways, Tell them to go like, in their damn house. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's late. Um, but anyways, you know, you could potentially get two great players in 16 and 18 rather than trading up and, and missing on one single player. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see what – wouldn't Definitely. this have been so much easier if OKC would have just landed one in five? Yes. Man, get bring Think in of the that former high school now. teammates, even Jade and Scotty Barnes. One. <laughs> yeah. Just think, think about like one in five, like some that 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 number one golden goose egg. And think about how many conversations we could be like, oh, man, we could take this guy. We could take that guy. What do we want for this guy? And but now we're talking about like, "Mm, well, you got to you can bet on the swing on the upside of Jonathan Camino or he could be an all star um, or or James Booknight, who, man, he had he was triple team in the league several times. They played zone defense. Yes, literally particularly for him because that team was garbage and he never had an open look <laughs> and but the man can get buckets so it's like whatever i feel fine of course what i like a jalen slugs yeah but i like a jalen green sure but how do i know james book Knight's not just the next next devin booker so i'm done i'm out yeah exactly <laughs> booker. i love that exactly but but get call me on like you said getting two and five God, what a nice problem that would be to have. Do we take Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, or do we do Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes? You know, like how nice of a problem would that have been? I I can never look at ping pong balls the same. Personally. I would have gone <laughs> Green and Green and Barnes. Two and five. Green and Barnes. Green yeah, and Barnes. That's where I'm at. Yeah, uh, I mean, and- Suggs is absolutely worth it, but. I'm with you, Kamiya. All right. Well, as we start to wind this down, guys, uh, I do want to get some questions in from here on Green Room from both the chat and anybody who wants to come on the show live to ask some questions. As we start to get into some of these, before we do, I want to let everyone here in the Green Room uh, and everyone listening on the podcast know what the uncontested plans are for draft night, which, again, July 29th, next Thursday starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can catch us on our live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We will be live streaming throughout the entire draft, uh, taking questions, having guests, reacting in live time to all the Woj bombs. 
We also have some awesome contests we're doing that I highly encourage you guys to jump in on. You can find these on any of our social channels. But if you download the Mock Out, M-O-C-K-O-U-T, the Mock Out app, you can go to the uncontested Twitter account or the Facebook account or the Instagram account, or you can find it in the description of this podcast. Fill out a mock draft and submit it to our contest. Whoever gets the highest score, we're going to buy you a jersey of the well, of one of the Thunder draft picks, whichever rookie jersey you want. We're going to get you a jersey and get it mailed to you. We also have a contest going where all you have to do is reply to the tweet or the, the Instagram post telling us what draft pick you think the Thunder will use first and what player they will take. So maybe you say six in book night, or maybe you say four in Suggs, or maybe you say seven in Kaminga. Uh, we're going to pick whoever got that right and send you some uncontested swag from our uncontested shop. We've got the Lutang shirts, the SGA shirts, Pokemon, all of them. So we're, we'll, did we'll you say, say swag? Did you... I did say swag. What am I supposed to say, drip? Yes, it's clearly drip. <laughs> we, we will get you dripped out in uncontested gear. So, All right, with that being said, Regardless if you're hanging out at the house on draft night, you're with your buddies, you're at a draft party here in OKC, pull out your phone, pull up the uncontested live stream, listen in, um, and join us as we go through all of the draft that night. It's going to be an absolute blast. As I think four of the five uncontested hosts are going to be all together, sitting on the same couch, um, yes, talking a bunch of trash. So we are excited. Gentlemen, with that, let's get to some questions. First up, we have a request to speak, we got, we're going to get Marcus Kruger up here on the stage. Marcus, how's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, so my only question uh, is kind of, I've been l- looking more into Book Night lately, and it feels like to me that he's a uh, diet, he's, you can best describe him as diet sugs. And if we really want to, if we really want Book Night at six, why don't, I, I just think we should really just give Toronto whatever they want and move up to four. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Think I'm off on my comparison, or uh, and do you think we can get up to four? So, yeah, it's a that's a great question. Um, yep, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and tackle it first. I think there is a little bit of a comparison there, Marcus. Um, my most recent kind of like, ooh, could Jalen Suggs be this guy? Is uh, Mike Conley? I think I mentioned this maybe on the podcast on. Uh, on Sunday night, I see maybe a little bit of Mike Conley and Jalen Suggs, really good defender, uh, maybe a little more athletic than Mike Conley, where I see Book Knight as more of like a, uh, a CJ McCollum type, more of a bucket getter uh, mm-hmm. than an all-around like type that. player. So uh, that's probably where I would put the comp between the two of them at. But as far as trading up, I mean, it all depends on at what point does Presty say that's too much, right? Because – you're looking at, I think, maybe two of the best negotiators as far as GMs in the league and Presti and Masai Ujiri. Uh, how, how do they go back and forth? We know they have history of talking deals before, um, specifically Sergi Baca for what did, they, what did the Thunder want? Norman Powell and the pick that was going to become um, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, that deal never went through. That's why the Thunder pulled the trigger on the Orlando deal. But we know those two have talked trades before. He also I think talked about not only trading um, just Paul George <laughs> to the Raptors, but apparently both Russ and PG. Yeah, to the that's Raptors. true. That's true. So we know those two have a little bit of history. I think that means something. Um, 
there could be something there between the Thunder and the Raptors. I could definitely see that happening. Uh, part of me says, stop wishful thinking, Jacob. You're not getting Jalen Suggs. And part of me <laughs> says, maybe something's there. Maybe they can make something happen. Uh, if something does happen, though, I don't think it's going to be uh, until probably Toronto is on the clock. Uh, there's something about deadlines and GMs yes. that make makes that grease the wheels. Yes. And the other thing All I right. can, And uh, can o- over under on the next uh, NBA transaction. Like, it's been three weeks since we've heard anything. Do you think it's going to be on draft night before we see a, a trade or something of significance, or do you think it's going to be a little bit before? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm that's going a fun one too. I think I'm, you get some warning shots before the draft, like one here or there, and then yeah. it just floods in, like mo- like pick four and or something like that in the draft. I think you get a couple of pop shots here, here and there, right before the draft, like the 28th, but nothing too significant until. I think that's fair. Yeah, I you're, you're going to get a lot of rumors leading up to draft day. Maybe you get something right before the draft. Like last year, the Al Horford trade happened like 30 minutes before the draft started. Right. Maybe you get something like that. I think that trade, Phoenix to uh, uh, Indiana here a couple years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if if teams are going to trade picks, it's going to happen right before the draft or during the draft. So uh, that means expect the Kemba Walker trade next Thursday (laughs) at about 6.30 p.m. Central time, right? You heard it here first. All right, Taylor, you want to take us through the the mentions, or can you scroll all the way back? I don't know, since you're not hosting the room. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. I, yeah, I can okay. scroll. Awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, Sean mentions um, <laughs> all the mocks having us with Book Knight also uh, is giving uh, Kamiar a hard time when we introduced him, and uh, he was still eating. Uh, Sean mentioned Giannis. Uh, he asked if Kamiar is eating Chick-fil-A with Giannis. Uh, that was pretty awesome if you guys didn't, didn't see hey, that. Hey, that 50-piece, right? 50-piece for a 50-piece. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad he got his 50-piece from Chick-fil-A and not from McDonald's. So our guy, Ant, Ant Wright, uh, talking about Cam Thomas, we mentioned this earlier with Sam, but he's saying he Ant feels that he's the second-best shooting guard in the draft. Um, going middle of the draft at best and would be a huge steal. But he does have a question. Um, is everybody cooling on Scotty Barnes? You know, it, it obviously very interesting. I think heading into this draft, obviously Kaminga was the consensus, you know, fifth quote unquote best player. Um, and then Scotty Barnes kind of, um, you know, goes through the combine, has incredible measurements. He, his jumper looked more improved, and so scouts are super high on Scotty. Again, we talked about this already be, being considered as high as uh, potentially number four with Toronto. Are people starting to cool on Scotty? What are your guys' thoughts? I think he's pretty settled in. The the Scotty Barnes rise in this draft reminds me a lot of the Patrick Williams rise last draft. Uh, started, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, rose up. Uh, shot up boards and then it's going to settle up. Patrick Williams settled at four and Scotty's going to settle right around there, four five or six. Um, and and the, the Scotty Kaminga thing, you know, is, is fascinating. I think Scotty has a higher floor. I think Scotty will be at worst a, a Nick Batum style role player in the league. Um, and so, and I think that that's pretty attainable for him. Whereas Kaminga, 
Uh, Kalmier talks about this a lot. You know, the kid has all-star potential. He's everything you want in an NBA prospect if he can put it all together. I think the the percentage chance of him putting it all together is much lower. But if you can get there, you have a really, really good basketball player. Yeah, and I keep going back and forth between that as well. Like, I I did a like I mentioned this on Sunday, but last week or this past week, and I did a pretty. Uh, deep dive on book night um, compared to um, I mean I, I was like I said I, I've been aware of him especially with him playing against uh, Tulsa his freshman year and then um, as well as his his interview he had here a couple months ago with Mike Schmitz of ESPN um, and just watching some of his highlights but I really did a deep dive this past weekend and there's a lot of things I I mean again I him and Russ are not the same player by any means but it totally would be that kind of pick, I think, for Pressy. Um, again, he was pick, Pressy was picking a pick four and went with Russ over guys like Rubio and some of these other prospects. Um, it kind of reminds me of that if Pressy were to go with Book Knight at um, pick number six. But there's a part of me that still wants to take the swing, the home home run, grand slam swing on Kamiga just because of all the things that you said, Jacob. So Reese Holloway has a pretty good question for us. He asks, how many of the Thunders picks this offseason do we actually see them using? And will they trade one to add for next year? So they have six total in this upcoming draft. Kamiar, how many total rookies do you think the Thunder bring in? Oh, see, I think we're all under the idea that Oklahoma City will not be selecting five players and bringing them back to OKC. I think a lot of us have the idea that OKC is going to package some picks and hopefully come away with either two to three. So I would say just because of those late second rounders, I honestly would say three. They come back with three rookies. Okay. I like that. Uh, I think my number is – God, this is difficult. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. I think they're going to – combine some picks to, to move up in the first round. Maybe they make both selections in the second round, um, but maybe both of those selections in the second round uh, are like two-way guys or G League guys or draft and stash guys. And so I don't know if they'll bring yeah. in all four, but my number, I think I'm going, I hope it's like two or three because that probably means they consolidated a lot to jump up to, to pick four. But I'm going to go with four picks. Want to bet? Uh, what do you what do you want to bet? Million dollars. Here, how about how about <laughs> this? Serious bet. As as you and I, Kamiar, are now once again colleagues working together at the same place. The best man with a with a Chick Fil A literally half a mile down the road, which is bad news for me. I'm going to gain so much weight. Um, let's bet a Chick Fil A lunch one of those first back to school days. All right, that's cool. That's so you're you're going three or less. I'm going four or more. Is that right? Yes, and if I win, I want a peach milkshake too. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> hey, apparently the move per Giannis on his IG live is you get half a sprite, uh, half lemonade. Yeah, half sprite, yes. half lemonade. That's also acceptable. Yeah, Giannis Palmer. I'm gonna try it. Giannis. Did I you think call I'm gonna it, hit Chick Fil A in the next y- couple of days. No, that sounds great. Did you call that a Giannis Palmer? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, somebody said that. Oh gosh, with the the Greek. The, oh, I don't remember. There was a. Way, I saw a way better nickname. 
Anyways, our guy Sean, Sean Casher X, uh, does Kimba Walker have any actual value to move up to a team like Toronto along with the picks that uh, OKC currently has? I don't think Kemba has move up power for sure. Now, something interesting. I again, I struggle with this trying to figure out: Am I reading the situation of the NBA unbiasedly and correctly, or am I just a damn idiot that has blue and orange glasses on? And it's probably a little <laughs> bit of both, right? But I wonder if a Kemba trade could happen um, with a team like the Lakers. Uh, obviously, the Lakers, you know, the rumors out now, oh, they want Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. I freaking hate right. the Lakers rumor meal. Nothing pisses me off more than the Lakers are going to get everybody for uh, a sack of dog shit and some peanuts. Uh, <laughs> makes me so angry. AKA Kyle Kuzma. Hey, Oops. I'd be angry too if I got peanuts, but it was also a sack of dog crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if they strike out on Russ and strike out on Chris and they're looking for a lead initiator, so they come to Oklahoma City and try to make a deal with uh, Kemba for like a, a Taylor Horton Tucker sign and trade and a Contavious Caldwell Pope, right? I could see something like that happening. So THT, um, yeah. That Kemba does not have value to trade up in this draft unless it's like you're trying to trade up from pick 55. But um, I think there maybe is a chance that Kemba could get swapped again before the season uh, is is here. I'm with yeah, I'm with you completely. Um, I <laughs> Nate Nate in the think. chat says that not only are they getting Westbrook and CP3, but they're picking up Dame for the uh, what was what was Kamiar's meme the the flex seal slap that <laughs> add Kyle <laughs> oh, yeah. Kuzma in a second round pick. Yeah, second round pick. Yeah, <laughs> slap it on. Make any 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 trade work. Uh, um. So last question. Let me have just a couple comments at the end, but. Uh, Nate Sanders asks, give us a percent chance that uh, Shangloon falls to 16. 15% chance. I give it yeah. a 0% chance. That's probably fair. I think he's going to like San Antonio or um, Charlotte makes a lot of sense. He yeah. He's he's going to go before 15. He's going to go in the lottery. He's an awkward body for That's sure. That's a wacko as well. If he can, feel, if he can uh, fill out like, like uh, oh my goodness, who, he was an OKC, Sabonis. If he, can, if, he yeah. can, oh, Sabonis. if he can fill out like DeMontis a little bit more, because DeMontis was a little bit weird looking, kind of like physically. But if he can fill out, uh, he, has, he has tree trunks for legs. Alperin Shingun does. If he can uh-huh. fill out, I feel confident that he could be a decent player in the NBA. So I think no later than 16-18. He's, apparently he's getting looks at – Yeah, and, and he's he's getting looks uh, from Orlando at eight. I mean, Orlando uh, yeah. – Shingun posted an IG today. Uh, he was in Orlando working out. So he's getting, getting looks as high as, as high as eight. Yep. I know the Sun, or sorry, the Spurs um, worked him out as well, um, and uh, not that this seems like the end all be all necessarily. Um, but I know we've talked a lot about him on this podcast, but he was just one he's, of the mock drafts that came out today. Yeah, but anyway, and he's also incredible what he does. Uh huh. <laughs> but he has Shane uh, at um, at eight, so um, on his big board. So um, all that being said, oh, um, Ant Jacob does not like your comparison of uh, CJ. With uh, Book Knight, um, I, I thought he was referring to Marcus's comparison about Book Knight and uh, Suggs. Oh, sorry, maybe that's it. 
<laughs> well, he didn't like one of those. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, again, uh, I, I this is like such. I, I always use the term lazy comparison just because like that's the most frequently one er, fre- frequent comparison that is typically used with players. But um, the Zach Levine comparison there, Book Knight's not quite as explosive, um, and he has a little more, I think, ball handling skill, um, separation skill, where uh, Levine relies on athleticism a lot more. I mean, equally as effective, um, but those two will have a similar role. Um, so, oh man, we got more and more stuff coming in. A lot of comments. Um, Sean asked Jalen Johnson top 10. Will we move up to get him? Um, Sean really likes his potential. And I know our guy, Nick, who was on at the very beginning, he really likes Jalen Johnson's potential as well. But there's a lot of uncertainty there with what I'm reading in the mock drafts, obviously. Um, a lot of teams don't know what to take from Johnson, you know, leaving Duke early. Um, I mean, this is off the top of my head. I believe he, like, I don't know if he left his his high school, high school early. Yeah, he did. Or, like, switched high schools. Yeah, just a, a, a lot of red flags there, it seems like. So, Sean asks, uh, will Jalen Johnson go top 10? Yeah, Blaine, uh, continuing that question, what are the odds Johnson falls to 18? If you made me ask, will Jalen Johnson be top 10 or will he be available at 18? I'm going to say available at 18. That, yeah, I think that's I'm not high. I'm not high on him at all. I don't want him. Like, I don't want the Thunder to draft Jalen Johnson. Oh, man. The questions are rolling in, guys. We're two hour, Paul. Let's do it. Uh, Bailey Sanderson. What about Kimba to the Pelicans for number 10? The Pelicans have shown signs that they want to compete right away. Um, I don't think Kimba gets it done. Yeah, and I I tweeted out something about that, like Kimba to the Pelicans for Bloodsoe, Adams, and 10. Uh, and then the Pelicans can have like 16. And Pelican fans cussed me out my mentions on Twitter uh, and actually told me that, I guess, Griff, the, the GM, David Griffin from the Pelicans, is actually like on record saying like in the past that he doesn't like Kimba Walker as a player and doesn't yep. want him. So I don't think that's going to happen. Johnny Boston brings up a good point as well. He says the Pelicans win at trade Kimba and uh, four to five picks for Drew. So probably not going to happen. It's a good point. Um, Silver, not Thunder related, but OU and Texas are going to uh, not be renewing their Big 12 membership. We talked about that at the beginning of the podcast, um, although that probably <laughs> might be cut out unless Jacob wants to do cold open. Uh, but we did discuss that with uh, none other than our very own OU insider. Uh, check out the Crimson and Cream Machine. Uh, because Kalmyar is uh, nice plug. one of those. Nice plug. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, one of the site contributors and podcast hosts. You heard it here um, first. Taylor is the plug. Really on the plug? Really on the – okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just a lot of comments here. Uh, I'm trying to, like, pick out comments from – or, sorry, pick out questions within comments. And then one last one from Johnny Boston. I think we can probably end here. How do we feel about Moses Brown? Um, Johnny's a a Boston fan, hence not really his true last name. Probably Johnny Boston. Um, <laughs> Although that'd be badass if it that'd was. That'd be really cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right, right. That'd be an awesome last name to be, especially if you're a Celtics fan. But uh, he he would like our opinions on Moses Brown um, while he's in here in the chat. So uh, yeah, I hated him. Jake loves Moses. <laughs> no, just. <laughs> I <laughs> no Mo- Moses like he tries really hard. Great, great kid, <laughs> like genuinely great kid. One, one, great one, kid. 
Kamiar, when you start out your analysis of a guy with he tries really hard. That's all that that's basketball for. God bless his heart. <laughs> but no, like he tries really hard. He dominated a G League because he's so giant and he is a giant and he's a great dude to dunk balls and get occasional blocks, but Man, his feet are made of concrete. He's going to get blown by on it, on any play. It's not good. He can't even – I don't think he can cover modern bigs. Uh, like, I think DeAndre Aiden would even cook him. So, it's like bigs that can actually move. Yeah. Um, I, I, good luck. Uh, for, for some reason, when folks thought he was as good as the 18th pick, I was like – or not – whatever the pick. 16. Like that, 16, Okay. What I was so surprised and so happy at the same time because I was like, he's not. So they're getting a bad deal. All right. Well, I think here's a good place to kill the pod right after we bash <laughs> Moses Brown. God bless his soul. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking out the uncontested podcast, man. We really, really appreciate you guys. Eight days from the NBA draft, folks. Make sure to join us Can't live on YouTube. Enough. Oh, yeah. Join us live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, even if you are at a draft party, hanging at the house, at the gym, mowing the yard. I don't know why you'd mow the yard during the NBA draft, but whatever you're doing, uh, join us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure to check out our social media channels to get all that info on the giveaways we're doing so you can get involved in that. Drop your mock draft on Mockout. You can find the link to our contest in the description of this podcast. We will be back with you guys with just a green room hangout. No pod on Friday, but a green room hangout. We're just going to talk some basketball on Friday afternoon. And then, as always, our Sunday night live stream at 9 p.m. Come join us. It's going to be a blast as we get closer to the draft and get more and more information. We have two pods left, Sunday night, Wednesday night, before the NBA draft is here. So make sure to join us as we break down all the latest tidbits and rumors. We'll be here for all of it. You guys have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder should draft Jalen Sims. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.